Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Square One. A podcast where we take our guests back to square one, where they first started their business, so that you can learn from their successes and failures. Brought to you by Isaiah and Malcolm with Omni Home Services. Today, we have on the Meet Your Hosts edition, Malcolm Godwin, owner of Chattanooga Home Inspector and several other companies under the Omni umbrella. How are you today, sir? Good. Thank you. Awesome. Good to be able to have the opportunity to interview. Uh, I live a pretty boring life, so I'm just going to tee that up. I would like to welcome Madison McCann with Speakeasy Production as our co-host today. Yes. Hello. Hello. So, Malcolm, without further ado, let's get into it. Before it all, which would be before Chai, Chattanooga Home Inspector, can you tell us just a little bit about your life trajectory and how you got to the point of starting Chattanooga Home Inspector? Yeah, man. Um, so I was actually born uh, in the Middle East. I was born in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, because my dad and mother were contractors. So for some reason, that was in the, the, my blood. Uh, right after high school, I went back to the Middle East. Of course, it was the beginning of the Iraq War. And I spent probably seven or eight years in Kuwait and Iraq uh, doing defense work. I was a wheel and track expert. So anything that moved on wheels or tracks, I was your guy. Is there any like crazy stories that you have from that time? There has to be. Man, there's a lot of crazy stories. You know, Kuwait was a pretty safe place. Traveling in and out of Iraq kind of sucked. You know, there was uh, one place actually in Ramadi. It was called Fob Falcon when I was there. And, jo- and oddly enough, Jocko, Wilnick, and myself were there at the same time. Whoa. Now, granted, we were doing entirely different shit, so I was just looking for specific vehicles to go into a specific inventory. He was doing the crazy shit. So in Iraq, it's not uncommon for like, you want to go to dinner on Friday, you have to wear full battle rattle because you know you're going to get bombed. It's just a part of it. So that was kind of interesting part of life. But getting to Fob Falcon was really interesting because we took helicopters and, you know, there's two helicopters in each, um, I guess, flight. So we land at Falcon because I can see it on a, a T-wall. And then we take off again. And I, you can't communicate in the helicopter because we're strapped in so tight. All of our gear is on top of us. And all you can hear is from the engines. So we fly downtown Baghdad, shithole, everything's blown up. And we land at a base that has a fence about the size of my grandmother's picket fence. And I'm like, no, we are not getting off here. We got to go back to Falcon. So they do. And I remember uh, some people just like pointing at us. And at that time, I didn't know what it was, but I thought we were being shot at by some like rockets. It ends up it was the anti-flare, uh, oh anti-missile you know, uh, missile flares or whatever they're called going off on the helicopter. And uh, that was a very interesting time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why'd you stop doing that? Oh, good question. So I was in the Middle East for about eight years and then came, uh, worked on the stateside part of defense contracting for enveloping and bringing to market the uh, MRAP vehicle, which is the mine resistant ambush protected vehicle. If anybody remembers at the beginning time of the war, we didn't have anything armored except for tanks. And then after a certain time, we all started bringing in armored trucks, which were real cool because 
my job was to teach people how to use them and maintain them. And these are like all big diesel, four-wheel, six-wheel drive trucks. They're armored. They can withstand a nuclear biological chemical attack. They're a million dollars a piece. And we're taking them off road, (laughs) breaking them so we can put them back together and show people how to do it. That was a very rewarding career because we helped the warfighter, no doubt. The problem is defense contracting, and now I'm sure it's super uh, saturated, but a lot of people without the best qualifications got in that job. Mm. The pay start going down. And at one point, I was just doing everybody else's job, which is cool with me, but I was like, (laughs) can I get some of your paycheck? (laughs) Uh, And it wasn't right for us to put out the wrong info to the warfighter, so me and a couple other people just did it all. And I thought to myself, I need a job where the harder I work, the more money I can make. What year was that? That was about eight years ago. Eight years ago. And then you immediately woke up one day and you were like, you know what I'm going to do? Home inspections. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? No, <laughs> How do you do that? That's fair. So I'll be honest. A lot of people in our industry say, well, because we uh, love taking care of people and we love homes. I got a good buddy, Doug Edgerton, shout out, that said, hey, man, there's not really any good home inspectors around here. And I knew homes, not to the point where um, I knew everything about them, but I just went through the school and said, sure, I can do that because I know enough about it. But that's what got me on the path of being a home inspector. Uh, Very quickly, I realized that I did like it. It was a lot of fun to you know, see a very specific problem and diagnose why that problem was there. That was interesting for me. So Chattanooga Home Inspector has been a several time best of the best winning company. And of course, we know that uh, their team there has had a lot of contribution to that success, undoubtedly. But for you personally, what do you think is the secret sauce at Chattanooga Home Inspector? Maybe the reason why the team has experienced so much success 100 percent, undoubtedly it's because we found the right people we found the right leaders we found the right any success that we've created is because of the people on the team can you talk about the growth trajectory of chattanooga home inspector and how it got to the point where drew took over as ceo and you pivoted into omni good question so the inspection industry is like every industry and it's always evolving, right? So I do see a world where we need to do more than home inspections. And we've got to the point where we kind of have to, after doing 15,000 home inspections, we find something wrong all the time. And guess what? How many times out of 100 do you think it's repaired correctly? Out of 100, maybe five? That's probably accurate. So we saw a opportunity that we need to work on to provide our customers, our agents, a better solution, a better answer to fix and remediate the problems that we do find. Drew being instated as the CEO is by far 
the best decision that I've made because he cares more than anybody in the industry to make sure his customers and his agents are going to get what they need. He cares more than anybody else. Shout out to Drew. I mean, he literally has a Chattanooga Home Inspector inspired tattoo. He does. So we find that it's necessary and it's what I've been working on lately to bring Omni Home Services to light. Omni Home Services is a powered platform that we offer additional services to our consumers because we don't see the current market helping our customers. Radon Eraser, there's nobody else that does radon mitigation properly. There's several pest control companies out there, but a lot of them have recently just sold and they don't operate like their customers want them to. You know, when it comes to Yellow Door Vacation Rentals and all these other things that we're in charge of, it's my pleasure that I have the opportunity because of Drew to take over Chattanooga Home Inspector that I can work on building that brand because we need it. Yeah, it's beautiful to see how talent and people development has been able to play such a critical role at Chattanooga Home Inspector. So one of the things that we love to dive into, and you know this more than anyone, is about failures. So from your time, really any time professionally, tell us about one of the greatest failures that you've experienced and what you were able to learn from that. I'm going to be super specific <laughs> because I've made some mistakes, okay? So a long time ago, we invested in a company that their sister company was, uh, they built decks. And at one time, they did a great job. So his spouse came to me and said, hey, let's make a store that sells this building materials. Okay. She said, I'm going to be the person that runs everything day to day. You can be majority owner if you put up the cash. And we put up a significant amount of cash. They didn't put up anything. Mm. That business quickly went out of business. Although I was the majority owner, this person, because they didn't bring any uh, skin in the game, they didn't give a shit. So they wouldn't listen to me, although I'd put up the money. So that company has been dissolved, sold, way gone. I don't even know where those people are anymore. The lesson that the very specific lesson that I learned from that is you cannot give anybody equity for future sweat equity. In fact, if you're going to give any equity of a company away for past sweat equity, that's acceptable, but they got to really bust their ass for them to have any portion of equity. Because I put it out there, and I put it out there often, that yeah, your sweat equity may have helped us get to where we got, but what risk did you take? Nothing. You didn't take a risk at all. I'm the one that put my family's livelihood in jeopardy by putting that significant amount of money up. I'm the one that figured out, or our team figured out all the logistics of everything. You only did what I asked you to do. So you just lost that money. $70,000. How do you trust people again? Oh, uh, <laughs> That's a very good question. So uh, my good buddy, David Ash, shout out, said to me that it's going to be hard to trust people, 
but you can't win without a team. So after lots of sleepless nights and lots of drinking and lots of stomach turning, you really just got to dig deep and say, like, you cannot trust people again and you can just stay where you're at or you can trust people with a better guideline and then you just try to trust people again. So after that point, whenever you're presented with an opportunity and let's just say it's the ideal situation, like someone is putting skin in the game, as you said, how do you make that decision on opportunities? There's pretty much three. So we don't want to miss out on an opportunity. So three things that we're looking for, that person needs to be as smart or smarter than me. That's not difficult to do. Let's be real honest. That person has to work as hard or harder than me. That's also, that might be a little harder, but that person also has to bring money into the equation. They have to take that risk because if they don't, they're not going to give a shit. Mm. Well, not even about opportunities to invest in, but just like business decisions. How do you know if something is a good opportunity to follow or a good person to bring on the team? Or are you just trusting your gut? There has been a fair share of seasoning over eight years that I can kind of pick up on somebody and just get a feeling. Uh, and to answer your question, you know, very directly, how do you make that? There are our Tom Ferry episode. He had like 12 very specific, you know, things to go down uh, or questions to ask. The real answer is. I don't know. There's still, I mean, you're going to take a risk, but without a risk, you get no reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of leads me into. Hold on. Sh- I got another example I'd like yeah, to share because I made is. plenty of mistakes. <laughs> so uh, another very uh, specific example of a decision that I made is when we had uh, another company, um, the company. You know, great team, honestly. I hate that I lost some friends over that deal. But what happened is when you form a partnership, I say I'm going to be marketing. You're going to be installation. You're going to be business operations, whatever the category that you have is. So I hired everything out as marketing. That's my job, right? And the operations and the installation crew, the goal is for them to well, get an installation crew and be over that. They don't want to be slinging, you know, footers and stuff. So what happens, and I put this out there to everybody in any company, whether you're brewing bourbon or beer or selling Yeti cups, doesn't matter. What happens is your partner now sees you as not being at the office, running on the beach, while they're slinging dehumidifiers in the warehouse. My problem that I messed up there, a couple problems with the biggest thing is perception is everything. You have to know that perception is reality. And if it's not reality, it's going to be reality in everybody else's mind. So while they might see somebody over here running on the beach and they're slinging dehumidifiers in a warehouse, that's not where they want to be. So 
if you're going to take on a partner, you have to set up very, very, very real expectations of what you expect from them and what they need to expect from you with an end game. Because do you want to be sweeping a warehouse, Isaiah? I'm good. Right. <laughs> do you want to be cleaning restrooms? No. Hell no. But if that's what somebody's going to pay us to do, we do it and we find somebody else that helps us do it. And that's it. Well, I'm having flashbacks to episode one with Doug Edrington. <laughs> that's exactly what he said, too. That leads perfectly into my question, even before you even like went down there. That's perfect. So... At Chattanooga Home Inspector, you've got the man, Drew Bain himself there. I came into Chai a couple years back and was able to see kind of a natural evolution of a business cycle there, which was when Drew was VP, was still like pretty like mostly running things at Chai. And then recent, more recently, saw Drew get promoted to the CEO position. And now he's really running the ship wholly there, right? So... There was an element of you having to replace yourself at Chattanooga Home Inspector in order to be able to step away and make this Omni thing happen. What was most pivotal for that process from you to pass or hand things over to Drew at Chattanooga Home Inspector? Trust. You know, Chattanooga Home Inspector is my baby, dude. Like, I mean, it's what we created in the very beginning. We put a lot of time and effort and sweat and blood and drywall repairs shout out drew (laughs) (laughs) in creating that baby and and the culture that we've done i had to have enough trust in drew Um, and you know what not just drew but his leadership team underneath him too you know dustin right now daniel and then if i can't trust drew to do it then I'm in the wrong spot. Yeah, that's fair. So pivoting more towards the Omni side now, but really still focused on just business operations. One of the key things about why Omni is able to help people in the way in which it does is the amount of businesses that are under the umbrella at this point. When you look at getting involved with a new business, do you see acquiring a business that's already standing as opposed to maybe helping to seed another business in a certain industry. Is there a certain preference that you have in that arena? I think purchasing a business that's already operational is a hell lot easier. And I say that because we've started almost every other one except for <laughs> Elevate. Sean Smith, shout out to you. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so much more difficult getting started that if there's any you know budding entrepreneur out there, Yeah, try to find an operational business, especially one that, you know, maybe granddad's ran and the kids don't want it and it's really just going to shrivel up and die. But they've already got a book of business. They've already got the tools. They've already got the knowledge, the know-how, the name, the uh, account set up with the IRS, all that kind of stuff. The hard part is that. Hmm. Well, I would assume it's if you need that service and no one else is doing it, then you have to create it correct but ideally you would first find someone else who's already doing it successfully and just acquire them yep it's been a hellacious time to you know 
established nuclear pest control, we did try and want to purchase another pest control company, but they wouldn't sell. So what options do we have? Start our own. And that comes with its own difficulties because of state licensing and stuff like that. So that's the fun part. Shout out to Colby. Shout out. You're a man that's seen a lot in business. So if you had another person that's just getting started asking you now, hey, I need a strategy or a tactic that's really going to help me see some good ROI on the front end coming straight out of the gates. Is there anything that you've been able to employ or would you have any advice for that person? Positive ROI is actually pretty easy. If you're trying to be a home inspector, going to be a home inspector, cool. Make a quality relationship with a quality real estate agent. Those are who you want to work with. Fortunately, almost everybody we work with as far as real estate agents, Chattanooga Home Inspector, are above board and they're not going to get mad if we discover you know, a bad roof. They, in turn, see that as an opportunity to get a new roof for their customers. Outside of home inspections with any business, it's very simple now to get established with Google Local Services, which is also called Google Guarantee. If you're starting a business or have a business that has that category, then you go through some steps of getting a background check and et cetera, et cetera. The leads are higher as far as cost, but they are a lot more valuable. So Google Local Services. I want to know what a day in the life of Malcolm looks like. Hmm. Um, That's probably pretty complicated. You know, we're always trying to get better work-wise. So, like, if I'm training for a race or Ironman, I'm usually up and in the pool, like, at 545. Uh, If I'm not, I'm sleeping in as late as I can until my boys are waking me up. You know, the one consistency, uh, like, as a routine, is not even business-related at all. It's in the evening, 430. My wife and I try to shut down our day get the boys, we play hard for an hour, cook dinner, play some silly game after, uh, they call it spank your booty, but uh, (laughs) we've transitioned to family nerf fights instead, and then we go, you know, bathtub, my boys are two and five, fixing to be uh, three and six, but we do bath time and then story time, and, uh, you know, my wife and I will put uh, one or the other to bed, and, you know, just like rubbing your kid's hair while they fall asleep, and at such a tender age where they want you to do that, it just kind of makes the rest of the day, no matter what you did, worth it. That's awesome. So thinking just a little bit back to what we were talking about as far as having a really good team, good support system at these companies, the leaders, whether it be at Elevate, Nuclear, Chai, um, Triumph, how do you as a leader, help to lead other leaders? Because that's a really interesting dynamic there. That's a good question. We could all be better leaders. Uh, I think even the best leader could be a better leader. Uh, The answer is I I probably fail at that category. I do as best as I can try to, you know, develop my leadership skills because nobody's born a leader, right? You're either born with you know, 10 toes or curly hair or whatever, but you're not born with a, a leadership acumen. So I think the only thing that I've tried to learn is, you know, really dive into leadership books and principles and practices and conferences and try to empower the leaders to have that opportunity also. That's awesome. 
Well, speaking of books, do you have any recommendations? I really like Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick or Wilnick. I like anything by Jocko. Uh, We went to one of his conferences. It was also really good. Um, And then that's business wise. I really like one of the books I've only read more than once was Raising Men by Eric Davis compares raising children to being a Navy SEAL. So uh, (laughs) instead of being covered in sand and water, you're covered in poop and spit up. So that was a really good book for me. You've mentioned your children, but I want to talk about Carrie and how she fits into this, because I think in my experience, it's really important to have a partner that supports you and your business, because not everyone will get it that it's always on for you. Um, But I think she owns a business too, right? Yeah, Carrie started Yellow Door Vacation Rentals, which manages short-term rentals here in Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. So can you talk about that relationship or what listeners, like before they start their business, that their loved ones are equally as invested? A supportive spouse is obviously important because what they're going to see is your success and your failures. They're going to see that there's not a paycheck that's guaranteed tomorrow or next Friday. They're going to see you crying in your truck because there's no work on the calendar. So somebody that's supportive um, and honestly that can help move that financial uh, piece because you got to have money to live. Fortunately, you know, we had a couple of rental houses that helped. Carrie had a real good job, but that supported and she helped a ton with home inspections. I will say if you, you do need a supportive spouse, but us not working together was the best thing that we did mm-hmm. eventually. I mean, it, you got to grind, but eventually we hired out everything else and uh, she was able to you know start her own deal, which is short term management. And she loves it. That's awesome. So we've talked a lot about the journey that you've had from being a contractor to now where you are with Omni. It's been great for us and our listeners to hear that story. But we're going to ask the most important question of the day. If you were to go back to square one and deliver one valuable piece of information to your younger self or our listeners to hear, what would that be? Buy all the real estate that you can. (laughs) Read every day and work on your leadership skills every day. Every day. That's awesome. Malcolm, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, sir. Thank you. And thank you, Madison McCann with Speakeasy Productions. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Square One Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Omni Home Services, where we rep Chattanooga Home Inspector, Nuclear Pest Control, Elevate Home Staging and Design, and Radon Eraser. We release a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode.